This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill Podcast. I'm Adam, joined by Kevin Dan. And week one of the 2021 NFL season is in the books. It was finally, finally football is back. All the fantasy, all the betting, all the watching football. It is finally here, guys. Got to see a lot of some rookie quarterbacks uh, make their debut, but none more important than our very own Mac Jones. So we're going to touch on that right now. And later in the pod, we'll recap our week one game picks, talk about our week two picks, and preview the Jets game. But first, guys, how do you guys think Mac Jones looked? I thought he looked great. I was pretty pleasantly surprised with just how good he looked so fast. I don't know about you guys, but just watching that first pass attempt where, you know, he kind of panics, throws the ball backwards for, you know, would have been a fumble if Janu didn't dive on it. But at that point, you're thinking like, okay, this guy's just going to panic whenever somebody can get in the backfield. But for the rest of the game, the stat, he was like, eight of 12 under pressure for the rest of the game. He was doing a great job moving around in the pocket, dodged a couple sacks throughout the game. He was getting the ball out super fast. I was pretty impressed with him. So that's what I was going to touch on too. Like that first throw, I was just like, Oh my God. And I was like, please don't tell me this is how the season's going to go. Just based off that. Cause usually when something happens like that, the first play, it's just like a long night ahead, but no Mac did well. Was he 29 for 39, 281 yards and a touchdown? Solid day. I just kind of wish that uh, McDaniels wanted to or should have opened up the playbook more for him. I was really hoping that, especially down when you kept feeding the ball to Damian Harris. He was getting tired. And then especially when Maximo managed like, just let him just keep slinging it. Like, that's what bothered me. Um, Overall, though, Mac looked good. Best rookie. From week one, I think we're going to see a lot of big things as long as the Patriots just keep opening up that playbook. But definitely a lot more to improve on. Um, tough loss, Damian Harris fumbling on the 10-yard line. That was crucial. And I just think the biggest takeaway from that is not only that, was just that you can't even stop Miami from the 5-yard line when it's first and 15. Like, that's just a tough way to lose a football game. Yeah, it was pretty frustrating to <clears throat> see McDaniels. I mean, it's – you know, it's off. it was expected, but kind of really taking it easy with Mac and easing him into the playbook. I think the first quarter, he only averaged like one and a half net yards per throw or something like that. But as the game progressed, he kind of got more comfortable with him. And I think we'll see that even more in the red zone. That's somewhere where Mac struggled throughout the game and the Patriots as a whole. But like you guys said, I think he did really good. He uh, made really quick, decisive reads. And it was impressive to me the way he was able to take hits and deliver some of those throws a guy coming from Alabama who has the best players in college at every position didn't really get touched like that and it was I really like to see him being able to take a big hit like that and deliver some good throws he's got some nice touch on the ball the leadership and that wink at Orlando Roberts I can't lie that was that's a baller move in your your first debut game but uh yeah I know like I didn't really mention the loss in the opening uh statement but I think Mac's performance as a whole is much bigger than the loss itself because this is our guy for the future, and he really made a good impression to start the season off. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you really boil down, it's, it obviously sucks that we lost, but would you guys have rather Mac played awful and we won in spite of him, and now it's like, okay, so the money we spent elsewhere, that's all worked out. We have a good roster but we might have just used a first-round pick on a guy who's not going to be very good. Or you take, you know, a one-point loss, a game that 
it was a frustrating game, one that we probably should have won, but, you know, Mac Jones played great and you know that there's something there. So I am excited to see how he develops throughout the season. I feel like with this team in particular, with how many new guys we have coming in, with Mac Jones obviously being a rookie, this week was kind of our baseline. And this more so than any other Patriots team we've really seen is probably going to be improving the most week to week. Yeah, and you're right, 100%. I think the biggest takeaway from that game was that Trent Brown was done after the first series. Um, just, like, watching the game, like, what you talked about, like, you spent a lot of money on guys coming in. One guy who didn't do that great, that got a lot of money that we have high expectations for, is Hunter Henry. But going back and watching the film on it, when Trent Brown went out, Hunter Henry actually had to pick up a lot of the run-blocking responsibilities, so he really wasn't out there running that many routes. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I do – this offense does kind of scare me a little bit, especially just how they ran it week one. I'm hoping, like, this – I think week two versus the Jets, man, it's going to be a crucial week just to see how – if they really do open up the playbook, kind of see if we have a more of an idea of how this offense is going to run because if we're just going to keep doing these same Damian Harris pitches to the outside and keep overusing Harris like this, it's just going to be tough. And I don't know how confident McDaniel is going to be to just keep letting Max sling it. And it's a good thing to see that Nelson Aguilar showed up, though, too. Um, that was one bright takeaway that Aguilar had five catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown, had Max first catch, had Max first touchdown pass. So it's good to see him get on the scoreboard there just to see actually him on the field catching passes for us. But long way to go. Just got to – as long as we stay healthy, I think I'm fully confident in this team. We definitely need Gilmore back. I think our defense took a lot of hits on those slants. Especially like you have Jojo on Williams basically was the number one, the number two corner towards the end of the game. I think like him and Mills kept rotating. So it's just Gilmore was way more of a factor than we, well, I anticipated at least. I thought they could just survive it. But, you know, a couple of things to shake up and hopefully we rebound Sunday versus the Jets. Yeah. You know, if you told me before the game, uh, we'd only let up 17 points and Mac would not turn the ball over on his own and complete what 70 something 74 percent of his passes I would say oh we're easily going to win that game but you know sometimes it doesn't go like that had a lot of struggles in the red zone I feel like that's due you know Mac being a rookie and McDaniels faith in him and with the play calling and stuff a lot of predictable runs which got kind of frustrating but like Dan mentioned a lot of new free agents on this team and a complicated offense with a rookie quarterback there's a lot of moving parts in this team and a lot of guys you know trying to learn stuff on the fly it's going to take a couple weeks to come to fruition and i even though we lost i feel like we're still the better team i think you know we play them again i don't know when but whenever we play them later in the season i think we're last be a, game of the year yeah so we're going to be a totally different team by that point and that might be for a playoff spot so hopefully things turn around quickly but like you mentioned, Kev, with Trent Brown, uh, I know we talked about it a little bit before we ju- jumped on the pod. That first big run was to the right behind Trent Brown, and then that on the same drive in the beginning was that Janu uh, end around running behind Trent Brown. As once he went down, I feel like the run game as a whole took a pretty big hit. And then the fumbles, that's just uncharacteristic Patriots football, fumbling in key situations. I still I saw some things on Twitter that uh, Ramondre Stevenson wasn't actually down. So I don't know what that was, but regardless, it was called a fumble and a lot of flags, man. There was a couple big plays that Mac looked really good, you know, running out of the pocket, maneuvering around that just got called back because of stupid penalties. It was just uncharacteristic Patriots football, but we'll fix those little things in practice, better ball security and uh, 
hopefully come back to the Jets with a vengeance and really run up the score because this team needs a confidence boost right now. An interesting thing going, like, just thinking about it, like, with Trent Brown's getting uh, getting taken out of the game early with the calf injury, why wouldn't – just, like, I guess on Winu hasn't really practiced at right tackle, but you brought Karras back for a reason, right? Karras is a really good – interior offensive linemen. So, like, my thinking, if we're going to be without Trent Brown, I think the best solution for this team would have been put Unwenu at right tackle and then slide Karras right in at guard. But they went with Heron, and he was the one that had the majority of the holding calls, and then he ended up getting benched. And they put in, what was it, like, yes, sir, Durant, whatever yeah. his name is. Like, And then that guy was only been on the team for a couple of weeks. He stood his ground, but I don't know. I guess – that Bill knows more than I do, of course, obviously. But I just was a little question to seeing his strategy for replacing Trent Brown on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I just think with that, uh, I think we just like Onwenu in that left guard spot and don't want to have to, you know, move him around and jeopardize anything there. I think we want to just focus on right tackle. If you remember last year, it was kind of the same thing until we put Onwenu there. It's kind of a revolving. There actually was a period of time that Justin Heron, I think he started maybe like two or three games at right tackle, and he was like solid. So I think probably his bill was just like totally confident and putting him in, did not expect him to put in that kind of performance. Um, so I don't I don't know what we'll see this coming week on Wenu. Any snaps at right tackle in preparation for this game. Trent Brown has missed the last two practices. Maybe we see Yadni Kajus called up. Maybe it's just going to go to Yasir Durant. I don't know. One thing that worries me is that I heard on the radio that the Dolphins offensive line last year was ranked like 28th or 29th in the league. And with this revamped front seven, especially the front four that we've been hyping up all summer, are we making too big of a deal out of these guys? Are we overhyping them? Because, you know, Devon God, Godshaw, I didn't even think Henry Anderson barely even played. No, he was more. on the field a lot. Was he? Yeah. I didn't hear that. That's, I barely even saw heard his name then. Lawrence Guy and stuff. I feel like we still – we're sometimes having trouble stopping the run, especially um, Dan. We touched on this earlier that uh, the last drive when the, the the pile we stopped for two yards, but then the pile would move an extra four yards, and it's like, what do we spend all this money on? I know it's only week one; these guys will come together, but it's kind of kind of alarming to see uh, all that money just not really paying out right now. No, just going back on it really quick. Oh, that's a preseason game, so that doesn't really help. I don't really know the fact how many. Um... Henry Anderson played, but, like, Christian Barmore actually had a pretty good game. That was one for the defense for the front seven. But I think the weakest link from that defense was Dante Hightower. Having a lot of expectations for him returning. Obviously, big name, what he's done for us. And then just, just like, rewatching the game and then just seeing Hightower just missed a lot of holes. Like, Hightower was a big part of why that run game wasn't as good, in my opinion. I just think that we have a lot of work to do. Good thing that facing the Jets and Tevin Coleman this week. But. I, Dan, before you go, I got the number. Um, if this, According to the pro football reference, Henry Anderson played three defensive snaps. Oh, okay. Okay, so he was not what is that, that much. You know, what, like, I don't know. How many did Barmore have? Uh, I can look it up, but uh, not too sure. But he, Henry Anderson played seven special team snaps. Godshow so. had 36 snaps. I feel like I just didn't hear a ton good or bad from the defensive line in general and I think that just is going to make it seem like they did worse than they did even though 
you know, it's not like you guys probably all remember week 15 last year when Miami just ran all over us. And it was just like absolutely ridiculous. I think it was like their first game in franchise history where they had two different guys go for over 100 yards. That's just like ridiculous. They didn't have anything like that this time. I mean, even coming out of the game, I felt like, wow, like Miles Gaskin was great today. And then I looked at his stats and he like really wasn't impressive. So. I don't know. I th- I think we were just really excited to kind of have this front seven that was like so improved and it's just not really there yet. Mm-hmm. I and think I was, go ahead. I sorry. think a part of it. I think a part of it also could be just like with how that game went. It just the whole game. It seemed like we were in control. Like we were just easily going to win, and we didn't. So I think we're just like, how did this happen? Like who who can. Who do we blame for this outside of the people who are just like, oh, Damian Harris fumbled the game away? I just think the tough part is that we lost to Tua. I think that's like my thing. And it's like Tua did good. Give Tua credit where credit's due. I think Miami is going to be a pretty good team regardless. But I just think that's the biggest takeaway. I don't think we were really like in control the whole game. I mean, Miami just kept taking the lead. I just think that Belichick is just keep doing his style of play which is what we saw a lot last year, especially with Cam. But regardless of how bad that was, he's bringing into this year. It's just have, play a close game, make sure you have the ball last, run down the clock, take the lead, and then have your defense make one stop. And I feel like if we just keep trying to do that strategy, and it's like today's NFL, like that doesn't work, in my opinion. I think it's like it's an offensive league. It's not really a defensive league anymore. So I think that's like why – I'm so, like, pissed off that we're not going to let Max sling it regardless if he's a rookie first game week one. Like, you had opportunities. So I just think it's time for Bill to try to get off of that strategy instead of letting him win the game with defense and special teams. Like, he's just got to let the offense. And Mac, he's going to just find more confidence in him. I think at some point this year, with a couple more games under Max belt, we'll start opening up the offense more, especially with McDaniels and his play calling. But Kev, like you said, that classic Bill Belichick style of winning, especially last year in the early years of Brady. Defense, you know, hard nose running the ball, get the ball last, kick a field goal to win, make a defensive stop. We did all that, except we fumbled before the field goal, and then we couldn't make the stop. And that brings me back to all that money we spent on defense. Three minutes left, we got them backed up first and 14 on their own five-yard line. And we can't make a stop, man. You know, we're just so used to, as spoiled Patriots fans, that getting a stop. We get the ball back with two minutes to go. We go down, kick an easy field goal, bang. And it's kind of a tough pill to swallow because clearly it's just it's a new era of Patriots football, and uh, we're seeing it live now. And it's it's tough, but we'll, we're here to stick with it, and we'll go through the growing pains together. But better days ahead for the Pats. Better days. So, Dan, uh, what's up with the week one standings? How are you looking after week one? It figures that you would be the one to ask me that, Kevin, because you are currently in the league, 9 out of 15. <laughs> Adam right behind him, 8 out of 15. And uh, rough week for me, 5 out of 15. Only a third of the games. Not great. Bounce Not back great. week to, coming up right now. All right, hop right into the sheet. What do you guys say? Let's do it. All right, here we go. So. First game up, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Chicago Bears. The Bears are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you guys got? Adam, do you want me to lead it off this year and go behind Dan? 
Yeah, you you take it away. It worked last week. I'm only um, one pick behind you, so you uh you you take the tide, baby. All right, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cincinnati going taking the point three and a half. Uh, same thing as kind of last week until I see Chicago make a quarterback change. I'm not gonna take Andy Dalton, especially when Cincinnati's gonna get the points. And even though Chicago's home, and then I don't even know how great their defense is. I didn't get to catch much of that Rams game, even though Stafford did go 21-26 through three tutties. Cincinnati pulled off a good upset versus Minnesota. They're on a hot streak. They stayed healthy. Give me Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you here, Kev. Give me Cincy and the points. Uh, was really not thrilled at all from what I saw against Chicago. I know they're going – they went against a really, really good Rams team. But I kind of underplayed the Joe Burrow injury. He looked like he hasn't missed a step. He had that touchdown to Jamar Chase, so they clearly have a connection going as they did in college. So I'm going to keep riding with that hot hand with uh, Joe Burrow and his Bengals. So give me them. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I, I don't really understand how the Bengals are getting points here. I mean, the only thing the Bears really have going for them is that they're playing at home. They didn't look impressive at all against the Rams and for the Bengals, I think part of it was the Vikings offense kind of underperforming, but Joe Burrow looked good. Joe Mix, I like them with the points here. Next game, we've got the Cleveland Browns at home taking on the Houston Texans. Browns are the 12-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? Okay, so before I say my pick, doing this sheet was pretty hard, and I think a lot of it was doing that the Pats played 425. Me and Adam went to the game. Did not get to watch any games other than Buffalo get steamrolled versus Pittsburgh. So I didn't really get a chance to catch up and like actually watching it. But Houston won, man, last week. They were way more impressive than I thought. I thought Houston was going to be the laughing stock of the NFL, just like I think everybody else did. Tyrod Taylor's actually not that bad of a quarterback. Um, you know, even though he hasn't really played that much over the last few years that we touched on. But I think 12-and-a-half is kind of high, and this is a tough one, and I'd hate to do it, but I'm going to go Houston, just hoping that Tyrod Taylor can keep them somewhat close. Kev, I'm agreeing with you here, man. 12-and-a-half points is a lot, and I was pretty shocked to see how well Tyrod Taylor played. You know, he's always been a pretty reliable quarterback in this league, never the never one of the best, never one of the flashiest, but a guy who can consistently give you his all and, you know, make some good plays here and there. And like you said, Houston kind of surprised me. I know they played a – Pretty, pretty crappy Jacksonville team. But like I said, 12 and a half points is a lot. And, you know, when you have that number, I can't see. I can see Cleveland winning by that much, but I don't feel confident with it. And I hate to do it, but I'm rolling with Houston in this one. Yeah, I'm another clean sweep here. I'm rolling with the Texans as well. Um, I thought they were going to lose outright to Jacksonville last week. They end up blowing them out. They look very impressive. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was solid. Kev, your boy Brandon Cooks had a day. I Even, told you. you know, just those random vets they have on their team, guys like Mark Ingram were showing up. So, Dude, Mark Ingram had 27 carries. I know. Like, they so, fed that man. So, I just think, I mean, if this game is even eight and a half, I'm probably going with Cleveland, but I think mm-hmm. 12 and a half is going to be just enough that Houston's got a shot at covering. So, I'm going to go with the Texans here. Next game, we've got the L.A. Rams going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Rams are the four-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? The fact that Indy lost to Seattle last week, I had a lot of high hopes for Indy. And 
Adam was right last week when he said that it's Russell Wilson week, early part of the year that you want to take Seattle. I just thought that, you know, Indy, Carson Wentz, regardless of his injury, I just thought that they'd be able to keep close. But they didn't they, didn't Seattle blow Indy? Like wasn't mm-hmm. it pretty okay, so that's kinda tough, especially that Seattle's defense isn't that good. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Rams, Matt Stafford look MVP Matthew Stafford, like I've been saying, Hall of Famer Matt Stafford. He <laughs> fits in with that offense so well. They're all in tune. I don't think four and a half is a lot, especially for this game. Give me Hall of Famer Stafford and the Rams four and a half. Before I make my pick, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to former Patriot Danny Amendola for catching a touchdown for Houston in that game. We forgot to mention that but that pick, but yeah, I wanted to give him a quick shout-out right there. That's just like, wow, man, he still got in. I'm pretty sure Hogan a, caught one, too. I was like, going to say, Chris Hogan caught a touchdown for the same college. Would you look at that? The boy still got it, huh? But for uh, this game, Kev, I'm agreeing with you here. I'm going with Rams uh, minus four and a half. They looked really impressive on Sunday night. Stafford lit it up. That's – they have two of the best defensive players in the league on their team. Stafford isn't the MVP candidate as of right now. With McVay running that offense, I can, I can see them continuously getting better as the season progresses. And Indy didn't really look all that impressive. Uh, I know Seattle's a damn good team, but I got to see more out of Indy before I can bet with them. So give me Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams here too. They're a team I have high expectations for this year. They looked good against Chicago. Indy did not look good against Seattle. I think that's just enough to go with LA here. Next game, we've got the Buffalo Bills going to Miami to play the Dolphins. Bills are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So, I'm going to go Buffalo. I mean, I have Buffalo going to the Super Bowl. I cannot have Buffalo going (laughs) back-to-back, taking L's. I think this is going to actually be a pretty good game. I think Miami should keep in it. Um, this is a big, honestly, in my opinion, I know it's early in the season, week two, I might be crazy, but this, I feel like is a big game for Josh Allen. I mean, he sucked last week, the, that offense, I don't know what they were doing on fourth and one when you're supposed to go forward and they decided to do a pitch three yards backwards, like on the 50 yard line, just awful game plan by the bills. I know Pittsburgh has a good defense, but I think Allen needs to, and will ball out. I just think three and a half is kind of close, especially when, if Josh Allen is going to be MVP Allen and it's between Allen and Tua, I just think it'll be Buffalo will win. I think it'll be a close game, but I think it'll be like a six point game. So give me Buffalo. Kevin, I'm taking your side here. I'm getting Buffalo uh, minus three and a half as well. I do expect this game to be close. Like you said, you know, division matchup. It's always a dog fight. I think Miami will show up, especially with Brian Flores and his defensive schemes. We'll probably have something chefed up for Josh Allen, but, they just came off of playing the Steelers defense, which is probably the best, if not a top three defense in the league. That's a tough week one matchup. And as we saw, the Steelers got a, not a lucky, but a really good punt block, uh, punt block return for a touchdown, which ended up propelling them into the win. I just think uh, Josh Allen is due for a Josh Allen game. And I think he has a chance to just rip this one open and return to his last year self. So I like that and give me Buffalo. But the Bills here is, you know, we talked about it a little bit there. I mean, won that game. I think we lost it. I think we were in control. That game was ours to win. They really didn't play that well. Um, and I, you know, I don't team. I think they just kind of had a bad, not even necessarily a bad game against the Steelers because they looked in control to start that too. And then 
once Pittsburgh got that blocked punt and all that, they just kind of fell apart. So I think this is a big game for them this week to rebound. Three and a half is nothing crazy, so I'm going to go with the Bills here. Next game, the one we all care about, New England Patriots going to New York to take on the Jets. <laughs> Pats are the five-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? There's no way. I don't think any of us are going to take the Jets against the Pats. Um, rebound week for the Pats. Hope Matt gets to sling it. Jets are the same Jets. They don't have an offensive line. Back then, back then is out four to six weeks. We'll go more into that game towards the end of the podcast. I'm going to take New England five and a half. I really hate to do this, but I am taking the – yeah, I'm just kidding. Give me Pats uh, with the points. Rebound week. Hopefully we open up the playbook for Mac Jones. This offense needs to start clicking quick. Let's get the tight ends involved. Uh, that's pretty much it. Give me New England. Yeah, it, it's the Pats here. You don't even really have to think about it. Rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick. We can leave it at that. Next so before game, you before got... you go to the before you go to the next game, is it kind of scary <laughs> that we are what like five games in and we all have the same picks? I don't think that's ever happened yeah, that before. Is... I I just think great minds think alike, man. And I think it's going to continue on this one. I'd be surprised <laughs> think... if it doesn't. This definitely this is going to be an interesting week for the standings. Next especially, game, especially with going down towards the bottom of it, I think you'll see a little mix up, but I think we'll yeah. all be the same on this one. On this one, at least, yeah. Next game, San Francisco 49ers going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. 49ers are the three and a half point favorites. Who you got? 49ers, obviously. I mean, three and a half isn't a lot. Philly did do well against Atlanta, but Atlanta is Atlanta. Like we, I said last week, I just think at this point, Atlanta could. Atlanta and Detroit could be the worst teams in the league, and I just don't understand what's going on with Atlanta. I just don't understand it one bit. San Francisco almost ended up choking versus the Lions. I mean, Dan Campbell is going all out, doing a couple, kicking a couple on, onside kicks. I just think that three and a half ain't enough, San Francisco, all day. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco had a huge lead in that game up until what, like, two minutes left in it. And I remember we, Kevin, we were obviously at the game at the Pats game. My brother was blowing up my phone saying, if the Lions come back or win, this might be the greatest comeback ever. So I don't know what happened. I didn't even see the highlights yet, but clearly it was something crazy, but I still like San Fran in this one. I know Philly looked really good under Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith catching a touchdown and stuff. They kind of shocked me last week. So I'm pretty sure I picked the Falcons, something I will never do again, but, uh, San Fran's defense, you know, obviously they got a good pass rush and good running game with that Elijah Mitchell guy coming out of nowhere. Big fantasy waiver pickup this week. Uh, give me San Fran. Yeah, I, I think last week the 49ers just clearly thought that game was over. It's probably everyone else did. And I don't know what Dan Campbell's doing, but those guys just did not give up, made that a game. Um, Philly looked impressive last week, but – I do think the Falcons may end up being one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. I think Jalen Hurts is still going to have a solid year, but I don't know that I'd take that game as Philly being a legit team. So I'm going to go with the 49ers here. Next game, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Six and a half point favorites taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Who you guys got? So I think this is where the tables turn on the perfection of our sheet. I'm going with the Vegas. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they played well last or Monday or was it Monday night versus uh, Baltimore? Even though Baltimore is banged up, I just do like Vegas. I think that 
I'm just I don't know for some reason, man. Just Big Ben. It just I'm not a fan of him. And we talked about it over and over and over again how they're such a fraud team. Yes, they did beat Buffalo, low scoring game, week one, great defense. And Pittsburgh might win the game, but I just think six and a half is a lot. And I just think that Vegas is a good enough team that they can keep it close. So give me Vegas six and a half. I'm going Vegas with the points here, too. Uh, like you said, on Monday night, really impressive win over the Ra- uh, Ravens. Crazy game, too. I don't know if you guys stayed up to watch it, but, yeah. man, that was that was an incredible game. Uh, probably one of the best games of the week. I think this one's going to be a low-scoring dogfight because as good as Pittsburgh's defense is, their offense is really bad. So I don't see them scoring a lot of points, but I see this being a low-score dogfight. And when that's the case, I like getting that six-and-a-half points, which I feel like is a lot. So, uh, yeah, give me the Raiders in this one. Wow. So, we stay perfect. I think six, I think this is going to be a close game. Everything that Adam said there, where both of these teams had impressive week one wins, I think they're pretty evenly matched. Uh, you know, you're just going to have Derek Carr feeding Darren Waller all game, and you're going to have the Steelers <laughs> just trying to figure, out, figure out a way to manage around that offensive line. So, I think six and a half is way too much here. I think this is going to be a game that comes down to the wire. So I think Vegas is a no-brainer. What is up with Darren Waller getting like 20 targets? Dude, that like might be the that best was nuts. guy. Dude, all game. And Waller could have had like no lie, like 17 catches for like 230 yards. That Easy. dude just dropped a few passes, got a couple flags on him. But dude, I love that. Especially for fantasy, having Darren Waller on your team. Just makes you so much happier knowing that Wall is going to get targeted that much. Great Kevin, to see it. Nineteen tight end. That's insane. <laughs> like, and they they like didn't really <coughs> stop him either. Like, they and it's didn't. not like they... he's like a came out of nowhere. Like Darren Waller was the game plan coming into this game, and then he's just getting constantly thrown at, and they really didn't slow him down. Ten receptions for one hundred five and a touchdown. I needed a uh, Waller to get me 14 points in that touchdown in the fourth quarter. What was what sealed it? And but I was like, if I lose this game and Waller has 19 targets, like I'm gonna be pissed at that. But I'm glad that Waller finally got in the end zone. Excited to see what Raiders do. I think they're gonna be a competitive team. They were last year to begin the season. Um, it's always but... to start the year. I mean, exactly. Remember, if, if you remember last year. Monday night football, they pull the upset against the Saints. And it's the same thing where everybody's like, whoa, like, are they a legit team? And they started off great, and then they just fell apart. That's happened both years. John Gruden's been there. And I would say if it happens again this year, he might end up out of a job. Him and Mayock both both yeah, deserve exactly. to be gone. I, I would say Mayock, especially. Some of those picks they've made, not great. Next game, we've got the New Orleans Saints going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Saints are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? All right, this is where the streak ends, boys, because I'm going Carolina. Um, I know, I don't know, man. I think Rodgers is just kind of got to – or was watching the longest yard before that game versus the Saints and decided to tank. I don't know what was up with that. I don't – Is are the Saints for real? Like, can we – like, are they a for real team or did Rodgers just tank? Because I didn't get I to watch the game. I don't like, think he. T- I don't think he tanked, dude. I don't think he did that. <clears throat> so you real okay? So are the Saints for real? I think the Saints are a legitimately good team. I don't okay. think that score. The what was it, thirty-one to three? I don't think that's actually. 
38 to three. I don't think that's actually like reflect. Like I think the Packers are a better team than the Saints. So I don't think that's actually reflective of where these two teams are. I think the Packers this year might be a little bit worse than we anticipated. And mm-hmm. I think the Saints this year are going to be a legit playoff team without Drew Brees. Yeah, right. I like that. But I'm going to go Carolina just because I don't – Winston only threw the ball 19 times. I think that – I hope Donald – I like Donald in that Carolina offense. I think he did well, even though it was worse than Jets. They have a lot of weapons. McCaffrey's a beast. I just think that Carolina's defense is getting a lot better. And I'm pretty sure Carolina's defense should be a lot better against the Saints than what Green Bay put out there on Sunday. I think it'll be a close game. Probably wouldn't be surprised if I take an L on this, but just because I like Carolina's team overall and they're getting the three and a half points, give me Carolina. Dan, man, it's going to be up to you to break this streak, but I'm I'm taking Carolina too. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I know the story of the week has been Jameis Winston and those five touchdowns, but what he threw for like a hundred something yards, only threw the ball 19 times, like you said, Kev. And as good as the Saints looked, I don't think they're that good, like you guys just touched on. And I do like Carolina. McCaffrey is fully healthy. He looked like an animal. Uh, getting that three and a half points, I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina wins this outright and uh, the Saints kind of come back to life, come back to normal. I think it should be a good football game, though. Uh, yeah, I like Carolina in this one. Uh, Lattimore is also out for the Saints, by the way, too. I think he broke his finger. Yeah, it's a big Index development. Finger. Isn't there someone else for the Saints that's out on their defense, too? Not like Cam Jordan, right? But I know they have another injury that they're dealing with, too. Guys, the perfect streak continues. <laughs> I'm taking the Panthers with the points. But you just said Kev kind of swayed me when I was doing my little prep here, looking at these games. Going back to what Adam said, too, his stat line looks so impressive when you're like, oh, he threw for five touchdowns. They won by 35 points. He threw the ball 20 times, didn't even crack 150 yards. Marshawn Lattimore is going to be out. Panthers, they whole game against the Jets. They let the Jets make it close at the end, but I don't I don't think the Panthers will even win this one outright. I just think it's gonna be a close game. So three and a half. I I can definitely see the Panthers just getting within three points for this one. I love like it, boys. Will it break here, Kev? Is this the one where it breaks? I've been saying that the last two. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think it does three. on this one. I'd be pretty surprised if it does on this one. Denver Broncos going to Jacksonville. To take on the Jaguars, Broncos are the six and a half point favorites. Who you got? See, I got Denver, and I know six and a half is a lot, but Jacksonville just getting completely smoked versus Denver. Denver has, like I said, they have a really good team. The only thing that they're missing is a quarterback. Even though Teddy is like what I said last week is a consistent quarterback, he get the job done. Denver is a really solid squad. Um, there has been reports that USC fired their head coach and that Urban Meyer's name came up and Urban Meyer, like, apparently there's like a lot of rumors going around. You don't, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, but I just, I guess that Jacksonville, like he like freaks out a lot. Like he just doesn't have like complete control of the team. He's a very hard coach. If you, if you even just go back to his time, wherever he's been, Utah, Florida, Ohio state, and yeah, it but they works. said that like, it he works. loses, but like he like 
loses it like mentally. Like I don't know. That's yeah, no, I, no, no. That's they, I, I saw reports that they lost their preseason game, and he was like freaking out because he's yeah. just used to college football, where it's you, you, you lose one game and like your season's over. And it's like even if he does a good job this year, the Jaguars are losing double digits. You know what I right. mean? Right. Exactly. So I mean, just seeing the fact that they Jacksonville lost to. Houston week one, they got slammed. I just think Denver's defense is pretty good. Trevor Lawrence, iffy performance. Uh, he had three touchdowns, but that's what the stat line wants to show you. A lot of his picks he had was ugly. Denver's defense is revamped. I know six and a half is a lot, but I'm taking Denver six and a half. Keep the streak rolling, guys. I'm taking Denver too. Uh, like you said, Kev, Denver's defense is much better than Houston's. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks against Houston, and then he might throw three and even more again because Denver's got a great D-line, great uh, secondary. So I think it should be a good game uh, in Denver's case. And I was really surprised to see how well Teddy Bridgewater did too. I think I picked against him, and I said some negative things about him last week, but he shut me up pretty quickly. And Melvin Gordon out of nowhere having a having a day last week. So I think they're rolling hot right now. Uh, Von Miller said something pretty – Pretty interesting about. I saw that. Yeah, he said how this is the first time he's felt a connection or like something about Teddy Bridgewater speaking up or a speech he gave. That was like the first time he felt that way since Peyton Manning was on the Broncos. So clearly there's some good chemistry going on with that Denver team. Uh, I know six and a half is kind of a lot of points, like you said, Kev, but I do like Denver in this one. So give me him. I'm going with Denver here. I, I just don't think, I don't think Jacksonville is a good team. Uh, I was anticipating for the Texans to be maybe the worst team in the NFL. Obviously, they blow Jacksonville out. If the line was single digits here, I was taking the Broncos. So, six and a half really doesn't get me too nervous. Next game, we got the Arizona Cardinals at home taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Cardinals are four and a half point favorites. Who you got? So last week I took Cincinnati versus Minnesota. That ended up being working out in my favor. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just for some reason Minnesota just seems like that type of team that like you name a couple guys off their team and you're like, oh, this team should be really good, and then they play and they just aren't that. Like, I don't know. I'd say like a below average team. I wouldn't say like terrible. But the fact that Arizona steamrolled Tennessee, no one was expecting that, even though Tennessee has been dealing with the COVID issues. They just can't figure that shit out. Um, Arizona, Kyler Murray absolutely balled out. Chandler Jones, five sacks. Char- or Cardinals defense looks revamped, hot. They're healthy. Going to be a good team, playoff team. And I just don't think four and a half is really that much, especially for the way Arizona manhandled last week. So give me Cardinals four and a half. I'm going Cardinals here too. Like you said, that four and a half and the Cardinals are at home. So I feel like that's a pretty low number for a team that's coming off of a, that kind of game they had last week. Kyler running around the field looking like a Madden My player. Hopkins getting into it. You know, that whole team was clicking. Like you said, Chandler Jones with those five sacks. They were probably one of the most impressive teams of week one, in my opinion. And Kyler Murray is a sleeper MVP pick. I don't think he's much of a sleeper now after that performance. But, you know, when he was, when he was healthy last year for the first half of the season, he was making plays like that, too, and looking that good. So... That offense is dangerous. Minnesota, you know, they got Dalvin Cook. I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy. They might be able to hang around in this one. But that that four-and-a-half number is pretty low to me, and I I like Arizona in this one. So give me the Cardinals. I'm going to go with Arizona here. Uh, I love the delay pause. (laughs) (laughs) So anxious. Well, 
I, I won't spoil anything, but I, I've looked at all our picks. And I oh, you're, oh, you're a weenie. Maybe, maybe it's good, maybe it's you're bad. Who knows? But Card, Cardinals here, uh, they looked great against Tennessee. Kyler Murray in particular. Amazing, five touchdowns. Um, you know, Vikings, as I mentioned earlier, just the offense was really unimpressive against Cincinnati. Felt like a game they probably should have won. They didn't. Four and a half isn't a very big number here. I'm going with Arizona. Next game, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Twelve and a half point favorites against the Atlanta Falcons. Who you got? Okay, so I know that Cleveland is twelve and a half, and I took Houston. So there's too many points. In this scenario, I do not think it's too many points. Atlanta couldn't even keep close with Philly. I know Tampa ended up pulling out. That week one victory versus Dallas, that was a good game. Dak Prescott, shout out to him for that comeback game. Um, I just don't – like 12-and-a-half is fine. I'm perfectly comfortable taking Brady and the Bucks 12-and-a-half. I think last year they dominated the Falcons both times. We don't – I think that the big thing is just that the Falcons don't really have that much on offense. They have a crappy defense. So I just think I'm comfortable taking Tommy and the Bucks 12-and-a-half. I'm taking Tommy in the Bucks twelve and a half here as well. Obviously, we touched on that uh, Atlanta Eagles game a little bit. Atlanta looked really bad, only scoring I think it was six points. And you know, we I went against Cleveland. We all did with that uh, twelve and a half points. But I'm pretty sure it's the last eight or nine games the Bucks have scored at least thirty points. So this is a team that can put up points easily, and that twelve and a half number doesn't seem as big as it does with the Browns. And I expect uh Tampa to keep rolling in that way, and it's Atlanta, man. You know, Brady versus Atlanta. You saw that little uh, video he put out, the 28-3 tease he does. So I expect uh, the Bucks to be locked and loaded for this one and win big, so give me Tampa. I'm going to go with the Bucks here, too. I think the Falcons might be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, they definitely are up there for worst defense, worst secondary in the NFL. I think the Bucks offensively are going to have a day. I think they're going to put up 40-plus, and I think they're going to cover this 12-and-a-half easy. Next game, we've got the L.A. Chargers at home taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Chargers are the three-and-a-half point favorites. Who you got? All right, so I know this is where the streak ends, boys, and I apologize for that. But I'm going to go Dallas. I think this is going to be a close game. I think that Dallas really balled out last week versus the Bucks. The Bucks. You know, they had a few turnovers. I don't think it was really many costly turnovers, but they played way better than anyone anticipated. I know the Chargers pulled out a four-point victory over the Washington football team, even with Taylor Henneke getting snaps in from the second quarter on. Not saying he's a bad quarterback. Washington does have a good defense, but I think that we don't – I haven't seen enough of the Chargers' defense to be fully confident that just because they held Washington to 16 points that they're going to be able to – you know, held Dak and the Cowboys. I think it'll be a shootout. Chargers might win by three. I think it's going to be a really close game, especially that it's being in L.A. It doesn't really matter because the Cowboys have a dome. But I think just nice weather in uh, L.A. I'm just going to go Dallas taking the points. Arena. Well, uh, the streak's not ending here, baby, because give me Dallas as well. Like you said, Kev, this game's got shootout written all over it. The Chargers – Kind of struggled a little bit, even though they went up against Heineke, but that Washington football team defense is very, very legit with their front uh, front seven. 
But Dak really balled out. He exceeded all expectations against the Bucks in that opening Thursday night game last week, and I was really impressed of what he did. Clearly him and Amari and CD2 are clicking on top level right now, and it's hard to put past it. You know, They looked really good keeping up with the Bucks and almost beat them, but they got bradied as many teams have and as many times have we seen it. But uh, yeah, this one I could definitely see a shootout. Going to be one of the, one of the better games of Sunday, if not the best game of Sunday, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, give me Dallas. I'm going to go with the Cowboys here as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they looked great against Tampa Bay. I think they showed that they're legit. That passing attack was crazy. Zeke did like nothing, and they had a great game offensively. Uh, the Chargers. I wasn't – I don't know. I mean, Washington, they have a good defense, but I wasn't that impressed with the Chargers offensively. They were supposed to have, like, this crazy offense this year, and then even when Fitzpatrick went down and Washington couldn't really put points on the board, Chargers weren't really taking advantage of it. Herbert had a couple turnovers. So I'm going to go with Dallas here and take the points. Next game, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at home taking on the Tennessee Titans. Seahawks are the five-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? All right. I got Tennessee. I know they played really bad. Uh, whatever. They had a bad matchup versus the Cardinals. I just think that's it's like the same thing. I know Russell Wilson's prime. Russell Wilson, like MVP, how like legit best quarterback in the league, like weeks one through four. I think the Titans, Mike Rabel, like coach team, they're going to bounce back. I just think we're going to see more from Julio. You have to see more from Julio. Um, especially when you're facing a pass defense like Seattle. I Dan touched on it last week's podcast that like Seattle's just a team that they didn't get better. And I know they had the, their week one matchup. They took a win. So I don't know. It's tough. I think it'll be a good game. Seattle could win outright, but five and a half is a lot just because Tennessee got blown out last week. I'm not afraid to take them again, but if they do get blown out, then I'm going to start to really be worried about the Titans. So for that take, give me the Titans five and a half. Uh, well, it, it was a great run, boys. Kev, you just broke my heart picking Tennessee there because I'm taking Seattle at home with the five and a half. Uh, first game back for the 12th man. You know, that stadium is going to be rocking. Uh, like you mentioned, weeks one through four, Russell Wilson plays out of his mind. I'm not betting against that. I betted him. I betted with him last week. I'm going to keep that train going. Obviously, Tennessee got blown out last week, and I they I expect them to play much much better. They're a way better football team compared to what they played like last week. But it's tough to bet against Seattle when Russell Wilson's clearly cooking like he always does in the first couple of weeks of the season. So I like Seattle here with that five and a half. Kev, I like the way you think. I'm going with Tennessee here. Oh, all right. uh, Me and Dan are still alive, baby. Can I switch? Just <laughs> getting, Only if you getting want blown to. out, getting blown out like that week one in a game that I think we all assumed was going to be close. I think that's a game Tennessee is just probably going to try and put behind them. I mean, the Cardinals, they just looked amazing. Kyler Murray was great. Chandler Jones had a ridiculous day. DeAndre Hopkins played great. Just their whole team was clicking, playing awesome. Titans couldn't really find a groove. Um, and I think one of the big things for their offense, Derrick Henry tends to start the year slow. We saw that last week. Julio Jones, it didn't really look like, was totally in the rhythm of things yet. He had a couple drops, too. I think if they can just kind of get Julio acclimated here, if Derrick Henry can start to pick it up a little bit, I think they will be able to cover this five and a half against Seattle. 
on to the next game. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Chiefs are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So I know that everyone loves Baltimore. Vegas loves Baltimore. And this was a great matchup. But I think Vegas is a little drunk saying that the Chiefs are only three-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, Baltimore lost to the Raiders. Good game, not dissing the Raiders. But just the fact that the Chiefs were able to come back – uh, versus the Browns, and the Browns are up by so much, and nothing is going to stop Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, or Tyreek Hill. They're just too lethal, and especially that Baltimore still, you know, they've got a lot of things to clean up, a lot of injuries. I know their defense is already banged up. They have a couple guys out or going to be questionable to play Sunday night, so give me Kansas City three and a half. I think that's the easiest one on the sheet, in my opinion. Yeah, obviously watching that Monday night game, the Ravens, it's the whole offense is running through Lamar. And I feel like at some point it's going to be too much for him to handle. And only the Chiefs, only minus three and a half is pretty crazy. I really like the Chiefs here. One of the easier picks in our sheet. I think we're all going to have this one correct and uh, aligned with each other. Casey, doesn't matter what the score is, what the spread is, whatever, if they're down any points, they always somehow score a ton. And I don't think Baltimore is going to be able to keep up with their offense. So give me the Chiefs here. Yeah, uh, it's the Chiefs. I don't, I agree with you, Kev. I, I don't really understand the line here after the Ravens showing last week after all the injuries they've already had at this point in the year. Uh, Chiefs, you know, didn't cover last week, but got themselves in a hole early and just came right back. They just always can do that. They can always put points on the board. I think they're a tough night for anybody. And with a Ravens team that's kind of struggling a little bit, I don't like the three and a half there. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Final game, Monday night football. You've got the Packers at home taking on the Lions. The Packers are ten and a half point favorites. Who you got? So, Dan, let's see if our streak stays alive and me and Dan have every game the same. I feel left I'm, out. <laughs> I am going Green Bay 10 and a half. Um, I, I don't – you know, whatever. I said What we said about Green Bay is Rodgers tanking, but there's no way that Rodgers is – if Rodgers wasn't taking, tanking and the Packers had a bad game, that just means that Rodgers is probably going to put up like six or seven touchdowns against Detroit just to shut everyone up to say that he can still play whatever and just silence everybody just like those great quarterbacks do. Even though Detroit did come back versus the 49ers late, I just, you know, I don't think anything with Detroit, you know, they're a crappy team. They're going to be probably one of the worst teams in the league with like Jacksonville at this point and Atlanta. So give me Rodgers and that 10 and a half. You know, I thought about this one for a little bit because obviously we all expect Aaron Rodgers to come out and go on a tear after that terrible week one performance. But I'm leaning towards Detroit with that 10.5. I feel like that's a lot of points. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a man on a mission right now. And this is a divisional matchup. I feel like games like this always are pretty close, even when the Packers have something to really play for and approved of the whole league that they're still the Packers and not falling off a cliff. But for some reason, I'm leaning towards Dan Campbell and his coffee drinking addiction. And uh, I hate betting Jared Goff, but I guess I'm going to do it. So give me Detroit. Kev, I'm sorry, buddy. Wow. It's the for me. I'm going wow. Detroit plus 10.5. I know I do not think Aaron Rodgers threw the game last week, but the Packers looked awful. I think they are going to win this game. I don't think they're going to cover the 10.5. 
I think the Lions, just the fight that they showed last week to make that a game with San Francisco, their two-headed backfield of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift looked good. Defense looked good. Jared Goff was, you know, didn't make too many mistakes, which is as much as you can hope for with Jared Goff. And I think Detroit gets it done and covers here. I think I'm more upset that Dan just went with Detroit than the Pats losing on Sunday, to be honest with you. Oh, heartbreaker. That's a little bit, you know, it's on all right. Though. I, think it'd be, I just hope that, that we're was, all, though. I hope we're all perfect. And then it just comes down to, I hope me and Dan are perfect because Adam had um, <laughs> whatever Adam so He had Seattle. And then it's yeah. just that matchup between Detroit, me and Dan. Me, me and we'll he just got... do a 10, we'll do a $10 bet if it comes down to that, Dan. All right. Fair enough. Do we want to go so, into uh, Pat? Yeah, or are we... I'd, I'd say so. So we started to talk about it a little bit. Patriots taking on the Jets this week. It's in New York. I wouldn't call this, you know, a must-win game, but I'm going to be it's pretty worried win. if we – I'm going to be pretty worried if we can't pull this off. I'm going to be pretty worried if we're 0-2 and lost to the Jets. That one's going to be a tough one to spend no matter what Mac Jones does. So this is one that I feel like we got to get. Um, especially considering Mackay Becton, you know, far and away the best offensive lineman on the Jets. Uh, I, I don't remember what his injury is. It's like an MCL sprain or something. He's going to be out like four to six weeks. No way he plays in this game. Uh, that's a huge, huge loss for the Jets, who already don't have a great offensive line. Um, offense just didn't look great in general against the, against the Panthers. Zach Wilson was kind of running for his life. I mentioned it earlier, Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Never a great thing for the opposing team. What do you guys think? So basically, just like you said, Beckton being out, that's a huge, huge loss for them, especially that their offensive line isn't very good to begin with. So I'm expecting a heavy, heavy blitzes for the passes just to attack Zach Wilson. J.C. Jackson's got a pretty good matchup this week versus Corey Davis. Corey Davis is pretty good at slants, so let's see if the Pats can kind of hammer down those slants this week, not allow any big plays. Kevin Coleman's at running back. I know they got Michael Carter Jr. They kind of rotate in and out. So our run defense should be a lot better. Um, I'm don't, honestly not going to lie to you. Couldn't tell you many defensive players for the Jets. I don't know if that's just me not knowing football that well. It's just the Jets not having anybody on their defense. I don't really think I'm that. Well, do they have Shaq Lawson? Is that like one defensive end that they have? Or is he... Yeah. Uh. Well, they signed Carl Lawson. Oh, that Carl Lawson. Big, sorry. That was their big move this off season, but he got hurt before the season even started. He's he's done for the year. And then who did they just trade for? Didn't they just trade for an edge guy? Don't they have Quinn Williams too? Yeah. They, they, they Quinn Williams. Quinn they Williams. traded for an edge guy to replace Shaq Lawson. They got Quinn and Williams. They have uh, Marcus May is pretty good. That's really it. Okay. Yeah. So it should be a game that Pat's. Should dominate, in my opinion. Um, Tom Curran, NBC Boston, said that if the Patriots don't win versus the Jets or, like, blow them out, that he'll shave one eyebrow off. So that's how confident he is in the Pats to get this W. I'm pretty confident. I think this should be one of those games that you work on the mistakes you made in week one. You take this game as momentum. You go into New Orleans week three. Just get out of here healthy. Hopefully, just take a win. If they lose, like Dan said, it's going to be a big problem. It's pretty much a big must-win game because if you lose to the Jets in Week Two and you go zero and two, and then your next two opponents are the Saints and the Bucks, we got a, a long season coming. So let's just get this W. 
Yeah, you know, when you look at the schedule before the season started, I'm pretty sure we all writ, <clears throat> written in W's for the game against the Dolphins in this one. So, like you just said, Kev, we cannot afford to start 0-2, especially with the Saints and the Bucks coming into town right after. So it is a must win, I'd say. And I do expect the Pats to, you know, handle the Jets pretty well. I want to see McDaniels open up the playbook more for Mack and get those tight ends involved and get the offense clicking as the way the opponents get tougher as the season goes on. But uh, the Jets rushed for under 50 yards last week. They really have no run game. Their offensive line's really weak. So it's going to be a lot on Zach Wilson. And like Dan mentioned, Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. He's going to have a good game plan for him. And I'm hoping Zach Wilson can throw up a couple balls in the air that we can intercept. And that's kind of his play style. He never really likes to take the check down. He's always looking for the big play. So hopefully he, hopefully he forces a couple passes that we can intercept and take control of the game and win pretty convincingly because the team needs a confidence boost right now and there's no perfect time to do it than right now against the Jets. So I re- I'm really looking forward to see if the offense can bounce back and the defense can get their stuff together. So we might as well, before we wrap this thing up, I feel like we might as well at this point just continue the streak that I started last week and do score predictions for the game as well as stats for Mac Jones. And I feel like we got to go back into the pod to see if any of us were remotely close. I know we weren't on the score, but at least on Max yeah, stats. Yeah, definitely not on the score. But on Max stats, let's but let's continue that uh, trend. Dan, what do you got for score prediction and Mac Jones stats for week two? Score, I'm gonna go thirty to Ooh. sixteen, and I'm thinking for Mac. I don't know about the completions, but I'm gonna say I think he has a pretty I think he has a pretty good game. I, I'm gonna go with maybe a little less in the yards, somewhere around two sixty five, but I'm gonna say he throws three touchdown passes. Okay. Not bad. Adam, what about you? Oh, I would love that. Uh gimme uh Pats thirty one, Jets seventeen, Mac uh twenty three of thirty three, two hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Pats twenty four, Jets thirteen. I'm gonna go. Mac Jones probably gonna go like twenty one of thirty one. I'm gonna say two forty, and I'm gonna go one touchdown. I still think that they're gonna run the ball a lot this week. Let me say one more thing before we end. If we do lose this game, we are never doing any predictions ever again because. That's if it, that's yeah. the trend, that's it. We're done. Just all right. It's not the. It's hey. not the trend. <laughs> hey, hey. If but it if happens, we, okay, I'm blaming us. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> if we lose to the Jets, we have more problems to worry about than doing the <laughs> Mac Jones and the Patriots score predictions for week and week basis. All right. Fair enough. Fair Just enough. throwing that out there. <laughs> after that, but Dan, wrap this thing up. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We are gonna see. This Sunday, if the Patriots can pull it out next week, we'll be back with our thoughts about that game, win, lose, or draw, and our preview for the Saints matchup week three, as well as our picks for the rest of the NFL slate week three. So make sure you tune into that, and uh, thank you for listening.